kind of jump in feet first tonight. Um, this is my one of my favorite weeks of the year. This is where we talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. The reason I want to talk about the Holy Spirit is because I feel like we spend all year talking about Jesus. We talk about God. We talk about them in depth, but I feel like most churches kind of shy away from talking about the Holy Spirit a little bit. And so we know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about God. We've learned all of this stuff, but I feel like most Christians don't really know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Ghost is just kind of a play on because it scripturally used to be called the Holy Ghost, but now it's the Holy Spirit. Anyway, no purpose for that. It's just cute. Um, but in scripture, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so when I read scripture about the Holy Spirit, I'm reading scripture about what the Holy Spirit was like during the time just after Jesus. I'm learning about the Holy Spirit about the time of the early church. But at the same time, when I read scripture, I'm learning about the Holy Spirit for today as well. Because God wouldn't put all this information about the Holy Spirit in there just for him to be like, oh, you know what? Just kidding. The Holy Spirit isn't really relevant after like five years worth of the church. So we're just going to undo everything we've taught you about the Holy Spirit. We're going to put in one piece of scripture that undoes all of that. And you can just ignore the Holy Spirit from now on. But the problem is a lot of denominations actually teach that. And I just don't believe that. And so I want to get to a couple pieces of scripture, and then I'm going to just share some testimonies. And this is why I love this night is because it's really, I just want to honor the Holy Spirit through tonight. And I just want to share some cool stories about what the Holy Spirit has done in my life. And so Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Pretty straightforward what the Holy Spirit is, right? Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And then we're going to jump forward to Acts 2, and it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of this revolves around what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so for me... I gave my life to Christ one day, and literally the very next day, I was taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of Christians these days experience giving their life to Christ, but then they don't get to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they don't know. They haven't been taught. And so I want to do a little bit of teaching about what Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit does and how the Holy Spirit empowers us and what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. All of this revolves around, so what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, it is us receiving gifts from the Holy Spirit. So this is all the Holy Spirit. It's nothing special about us. It's nothing special about me. So the reason I want to say all of that is because when I share these testimonies, I want you to be very, very cognizant that I am not sharing that I did anything. I just got to be along for the ride. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit are words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And there's like four different kinds of tongues. This is all scriptural stuff. And if um, Matt, if you wouldn't mind grabbing the stack of handouts and giving everybody a handout. I want to make sure that I never teach anything that is contrary to scripture. And so I've got a handout with references to everything I share about. So you can go and you can read and verify that it actually says in your Bible exactly what I'm saying it says. The reason why I am handing you the handout is also because, frankly, we just don't have enough time for me to share all the scripture because there's like 50 on there. 
And I know you don't want to listen to me just read scripture all night. So I'm giving you a handout. You can look stuff up on your own. Um, so I'm going to share some stories. So shortly after I had just been baptized in the Spirit, I felt like what uh, basically kind of this, this nudging feeling. I was very clear what this nudging was telling me to do. And I felt like this nudging, nudging feeling. Um, I had just got done praying and I had asked the Holy Spirit. I just said, hey, Holy Spirit, is there anything you would like me to do? Is there anybody you would like me to pray for? Simple prayer is that. And I felt very definitively that the Holy Spirit was asking me to go up to one of my friends who at the time I had only known him for a week or two and uh, <clears throat> to tell him that he's supposed to go and pray, for, pray with his cousins after Chi Alpha is done. Simple as that. Well, I found out a couple years later that uh, he did go and pray with his cousins. And that night is when his cousins decided that they were going to rededicate their lives to Christ and get involved with Chi Alpha and get involved with God again and start reading their Bible again. And long story short, eventually, all three of those guys gave their life to Christ later on that year. And it all goes back to that night where they got together and prayed with each other. And I guess that night was such a powerful night, they ended up staying up until like 2 o'clock in the morning praying with each other and just listening to God and letting God show them that He's real. Simple as that. I know that doesn't sound that significant, but it really was in their lives. It's a moment that all three of them look back to as the moment that God really started to rock their world and show Him that they were real. Um, Another testimony. There was one time where we were standing in worship, and this is, these are stories from when I was a student. Um, we were standing and we were worshiping, and I just felt like, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, and I had just prayed, Holy Spirit, is there anybody you would like me to pray for? And I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to go up to my friend. His name is Afa. He was one of those three. He was one of the cousins. And uh, to go up to him and tell him that he's not stupid. And I told myself... God wouldn't use a word like stupid, so that's not God. And that feeling, that nudging, that just, I need to go tell him this feeling, didn't go away. And so I was just like, you know what, God, if this is you, give me the opportunity. How many guys know that a lot of times, if God is asking you to do something, if you're just like, I'm not sure if this is God, God can give me the opportunity, a lot of times he shows up and he's like, bro, I'm real, I'm here. And so right at that moment, I was like, Maybe 30 seconds later, our Chi Alpha director walks up to the front and he says, all right, I feel like we're supposed to stop worshiping and everybody needs to go find somebody and pray with them. And so I was like, all right, so God, this is you. So I walk up to him I'm like, Alpha, I feel like I was supposed to come over here and give you a word. And uh, I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you that you're not stupid. And so then I kind of went into my own explanation of like what that could mean because I was trying to over explain it. And Alpha stops me and his jaw drops. And he says, what exactly did God say? And I just said, Alpha, I felt like, felt like God said, you're not stupid. And he starts bawling. And he says, the entire time worship has been going on, I've been standing back here telling me myself how stupid I was because I couldn't hear from God. Literally use that word. Again, I was arguing with God. God doesn't use words like stupid. To meet us in our needs, he'll use whatever language we need to. <clears throat> so the gifts I've explained so far are called words of knowledge and the prophetic. Another time at a light conference, so this is a conference of Chi Alpha directors, okay? I'm standing there and I'm praying, and this is while I'm a staff member. I felt like the Holy Spirit was giving me a word. I don't know how to explain this feeling. I get a feeling. It's not, it's not even really a feeling, but I just get this like, it's almost like I just know something all of a sudden. And so I get this feeling, that, that, that same feeling that kind of comes um, when I'm getting a word for somebody. And I just really feel like the Holy Spirit's giving me a word, but there's no words. And I was really confused because that's never happened before. And so I'm standing there and I'm just debating and I'm like, I'm not going to go up and give a word if I don't have the words. So I was like, Holy Spirit, give me the words. I need the words. They just wouldn't come. And literally, I'm standing there, and another staff member walks up to me and says, Tanner, the Holy Spirit just told me, you have a word, why are you not going up and giving it? 
And so I was like, okay, I will just walk up to the front and give this word without having any words. So I start walking up to the front. And as I'm walking up to the front, another staff member goes up and he says, I have a word in tongues. I'm going to get delivered to the congregation. And so he grabs the mic and he begins praying and speaking in tongues over the mic, over the congregation. As he is speaking in tongues, the translation of what he is saying is downloaded into my brain just as I would normally get another word. And I know exactly what he's saying. And it becomes very clear that what the Holy Spirit was asking me to do was to go up and interpret his tongues. Interpretation of tongues is another gifting. Tongues is a gifting. And so I walk up and it was just like instantly, I knew exactly what he was saying and I had the interpretation. <clears throat> if you're paying attention, those two gifts are word of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Again, like I said, there's a lot of different tongues, giftings, but those were those, two, uh, those were those two specific ones. We've had prayer and praise nights where students have come literally with a broken foot who we prayed for them. Their foot was healed. They took their cast off. They were running around. They go in and get another x-ray and their foot, broken foot was completely healed. Um, we've been at prayer and praise nights where there was a student who had a brain tumor who we prayed for, prayed for healing. She felt the immediate difference. She went in that, that later that week and uh, got another MRI done and the tumor was completely gone and it had vanished. It had literally vanished overnight. Um, that's healing, the gift of healing. Um, I wasn't even the one praying for them for that. It was other students. Um, I guess one last story I have is uh, another night we were at a prayer and praise night where I was, I was a student as well, um, back, back when I was a student. And we were at a prayer and praise night, and I was just sitting there, and I was asking God, I was like, hey, um, I don't really need any prayer right now. Is there anybody here that you would like me to pray for? And so I was just kind of listening, and I felt like my friend Jason. I needed to go up to Jason, and uh, I needed to tell him that he needs to go and talk to his mom about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Literally, like word for word, that's what I was supposed to go say. And so I was like, all right. So I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, Jason, I felt like I got a word from the Holy Spirit for you. He's like, what's that? And I said, all right, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to come and then tell you that. His jaw drops and he says, dude, I have been sitting up here the entire time during prayer and praise. My mom is struggling in her faith right now. She's considering walking away from her faith because it just feels so dry and empty with, to her. And up until this moment, I didn't know how I could help her. And I was just asking God, how can I help my mom in her walk with Christ? Literally, as he's praying for it, I get it. Um, uh, just a few years ago, I had a word for our national Chi Alpha director. You want to be intimidated. Uh, get a word from God for your Chi Alpha director, national director. He's kind of my boss's 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 boss. And I got a word for him and I walk up to him and I gave him the word and he just stops me. He's like, dude, I literally was standing up here praying for that exact same thing. Not 10 seconds before you walked up here. I had just got done praying for it. Those are just stories. They're, they're testimonies. I can share in more detail, but I don't want to go into a ton of detail for the sake of time because this is already going to be a longer sermon. Those are stories. Those are just instances where the Holy Spirit has spoken to me for somebody. I went up and shared with them and it was exactly what they needed. It was exactly what, what they were trying to hear or what they were praying for. And the reason it was exactly what they needed and what they were listening and what they were praying for is because it's not me. I'm not special. I'm not psychic. You can either, I guess what it comes down to is in these scenarios, this is my story. These are my stories. This isn't me telling a story about a friend who this happened to, or me telling a story about a friend who a friend who, no, these are experiences I have. And I would actually say these are maybe, I shared like what, four or five stories. And I have dozens, if not hundreds of stories just like this. I just kind of want to focus on some of the ones that were when I was a student rather than when I was a director of Chi Alpha. <clears throat> I have tons of stories. Some of you guys have even gotten words from me from the Holy Spirit, and it just seemed to be exactly what you needed to hear. And that is because I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I can hear from the Holy Spirit. It's not me. 
It's the Holy Spirit. It's scriptural. It's within scripture. Your sheets have all the scripture that's written down. It's in the Bible. And so what it comes down to is you can either believe what the Bible says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you can believe that I'm psychic. Your choice. It's up to you. I'm not special. I'm telling you I'm not special. It's not me. But if you would rather believe I'm psychic, more power to you. I've got some property I can sell you. It was a joke. It was a bad joke, but it was a joke. Um, And so uh, this last story is a story. It's it's my favorite story, but it's not my story. It's one of my uh, Chi Alpha colleague stories. It's a guy that I know very well, and uh, it's his favorite story. And it's just a, a really cool, unique story that I love to share. So this Chi Alpha director, his name is Dick. Uh, he's an awesome, awesome guy. He actually has a ton of stuff on YouTube. Um, he's a great guy. But uh, one of his small group leaders was in the airport waiting for a flight. And while he's sitting there waiting for the flight, he's praying, same prayer as I pray. Holy Spirit, if there's anybody you would like me to talk to or anything you would like me to do, I'm, I'm, I'm available. Here I, here I am, God, send me. And so uh, he gets the word, he gets that, that same thing that I'm saying. It's just like the Holy Spirit tells him to go over to the pop machine and stand on his head. Same thing like me, why would God ask him to go over to the pop machine and stand on his head? So he's like, no. But that feeling just won't go away. And he's like, God, if there's anything you would like me to do, I'm, I'm available. And the Holy Spirit's like, go over to the pop machine and stand on your head. And so finally he's like, okay, this is dumb, but I'm just going to go do it just to get it over with, whatever. And so he's like, okay. So he goes over, he stands on his head, and immediately a TSA TSA guy comes charging up to him. Why did you, screaming at him, why did you just do that? So then he's like, oh crap, this dude thinks I'm like a terrorist, gonna do something weird. Like, why would somebody go stand on their head in front of a pop machine? And so he's like, all right, how do I explain this to you? And so this guy, he goes, he's like, all right, so I believe that we can hear from the Holy Spirit and uh, I was praying. I was just asking God if there's anything he would like me to do. And I just felt like God wanted me to come over here. I know this, create, this sounds crazy, but I know I just, God wanted me to come over here, stand on my head in front of the pot machine. And this dude drops to his knees, begins bawling. And he said that he was about ready to give up his life. And uh, he said, God, if you're really real, send somebody to stand on their head in front of this pot machine. If you're God, you can do that. Not even kidding. So this dude gives his life to Christ in an airport terminal with this dude who went and stood on his head in front of a pop machine. Like, these are the experiences. And like, I, uh, I have so many words. Like, like, I can't even express how cool some of these experiences are. And, it's, and I'm, again, I'm not bragging on me because this isn't me. Um, this is just experiences of somebody who is who's walking in their giftings of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Um, gosh, there's just so many cool stories. And, I, and Courtney can attest, because she's been there when they happen, and she's gotten to see both the aftermath and the front of the, the stories. But this is just like five of possibly a hundred stories, right? Well, yeah, because she has stories too. But. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sure. yeah, and Courtney has her own stories she could share with you as well. Um, but these are just experiences of people who are walking in their giftings. That's it. There's nothing special about me. I'm just walking in my giftings. So want to get a few more pieces of scripture in. I don't think I put them up here, but they are on your sheets. Um, and then we're going to go into a little bit of time of Q&A. So I want to kind of explain some of what I just shared of these testimonies. Because these stories, they're cool stories, but if there's no explanation, if there's nothing practical out of it, then I'm just telling stories. I want to get to the practical. So Acts 1.3 says, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This is Jesus to the, the disciples. And he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water... But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's where the phrase, baptized in the Holy Spirit, comes from. That's where all of that phrasing gets, uh, gets its name. So after Jesus' death and resurrection, he commanded the disciples to wait until they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
in order to go out and share the gospel. So what does that tell us? That means that the baptism of the Holy Spirit aids us in sharing the gospel. And we continue in verse 6. It says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, it is the power to share the gospel. So all of these stories, the stories that I told, yes, I got something out of them because I got to experience God talking to me and then seeing like God was actually talking to me, which is kind of cool. But in reality, each one of my stories, each one of these stories, it was a story of witnessing to somebody. It was a story of sharing God with somebody. It was stories of me sharing about the Holy Spirit with somebody. You know, it's these opportunities for God to talk through his people to people who aren't hearing his voice or can't hear his voice or aren't saved or aren't Christians. It is the power to be witnesses to God. So I will say this, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit for yourself, you've got the wrong motive. It's not for us. It's so that we can be witnesses and so that we can have the power of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, Scripture actually talks about a man who comes to Jesus and tries to buy things, and Jesus speaks very clearly about that. And so <clears throat> that's where this is coming from. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So that phrase is very important. So he's saying that the Holy Spirit will come on you. Scripturally, there is a very distinct difference between the Holy Spirit in us and when the Holy Spirit comes on us. So I want to go to the Old Testament really quick. Within the Old Testament, the prophets, they never actually had the Holy Spirit within them because they were sinners. They were full of sin. Their bodies had sinned. They had defiled God. They had com committed sin. So the Holy Spirit wouldn't come into them. The Holy Spirit would come onto the prophets of old. In the New Testament, we have Jesus' regeneration, and He's forgiven us of our sins, and so we are without blemish when we give our life to Christ. And because we are without blemish, the Holy Spirit then can come in us. But there is still Jesus talking about the Spirit coming upon us, which is a separate thing. And that's where the debate comes into. Because Romans 8, 9 says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you. And that is the regenerative, regenerative um, Holy Spirit coming into you and helping you grow closer to Christ. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is power, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, and is the power to share the gospel. A lot of the good ways of, of hearing it explained is, when you give your life to Christ, you're a glass of water filled all the way to the top. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, now you are a glass of water inside of another tub completely surrounded by water. Or the water is being poured out and it's just flowing everywhere. There's a lot of different ways where we can image this, imagine this, but that's basically what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. So we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, but the act upon which the Holy Spirit comes into our lives at salvation is not the same as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So how do we know this? Again, this is all scriptural. So John 20, 21, it says, Again, Jesus, peace be with you. And this is before Jesus died, okay? So we're going back in time a little bit. We just shared about the, the Holy Spirit and Jesus saying, Wait for the Holy Spirit to come, come upon you in Acts. Now we're going to reverse a little bit and we're going to go back in time to when Jesus is talking to the disciples before he died. And Jesus said, Acts 20, 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So why would the disciples receive the Holy Spirit when Jesus was with them? Why would Jesus then tell them to wait until they receive the Holy Spirit later on in order to go and share the gospel if they already had the Holy Spirit? Because they're two totally different things. The disciples received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost. Two totally different situations, two totally different instances. Again, this is in the Bible. This isn't me making stuff up. 
I'm just sharing with you what I have learned. Because I had the experience, I gave my life to Christ, and then the very next day I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I began getting words and hearing from the Holy Spirit about things. I had to go back into Scripture and learn that what I was experiencing was actually scriptural. You guys have the benefit of learning that something is scriptural before you ask for the bapti- to, uh, ask to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But anyway, I digress. So in that moment, the disciples were saved. They had the Holy Spirit. They were baptized into one body of Jesus. It is what we commonly refer to as Christianese as saved. They had given their life to Christ. They had prayed. They had you know, served Christ. They had given their life to Him. That's the regenerative indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what happened in John 20. So, then we fast forward again to Acts 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. So they had accepted Christ, but the Holy Spirit had not come upon them. So these are totally separate Christians. These aren't the disciples. This is after the day of Pentecost. These are just regular old people who accepted Christ. So they had accepted the word of God. And Peter and John were excited that they might then receive the Holy Spirit. Why would they need to receive the Holy Spirit if upon giving their life to Christ, they received everything as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned? And continuing, they had simply been baptized into the name of Jesus. So we know that they were baptized into Jesus. They had given their life to Jesus. They had accepted Jesus. They were baptized into him. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So we don't know how long, but I would say at minimum, we know this. If you were to walk that distance um, to Samaria, where the, disciple, or where the, the disciples were at, walk to Samaria and back, it would be a, at least a two-day walk. And so we know that these guys had been baptized into Jesus, and at minimum, it was most likely a lot longer than that, but at minimum, two days went by before they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Two separate instances. Okay, so fast forward to Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Why would he ask that if it wasn't separate? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, which is the baptism of Jesus. They replied, Paul said, John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, then the Holy Spirit came on them. Two separate instances. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. We don't know how long they had been baptized before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so again, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Two common themes happen within Scripture. And it happens over and over again. This isn't just a, oh, I'm picking and choosing Scripture. I've given you tons of Scripture. And actually, even the Scripture I gave you is like half of the Scripture that talks about this stuff. So... There's two common themes. There's giving their life to Christ, and then they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the other theme is speaking in tongues and prophesying. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues, and they prophesy. It's just a common theme throughout. The holdup seems to always be on tongues, and I don't know why, because tongues aren't even that important. They're just evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're important. All the gifts of the Spirit are important. But they're an evidence that we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But Scripture talks a lot about they're not the greater gifts. Prophesying is a greater gift. The gift of wisdom and knowledge are greater gifts. It shares very specifically that these are the greater gifts. But we get hung up on tongues because tongues is weird sometimes. And so a lot of times what happens is the church, rather than learning about tongues and trying to experience tongues and figuring out what Scripture is talking about with tongues, we just go, okay, this is, I'm putting this over here. We're just going to come back later at another time. But Scripture is pretty clear about what tongues is too. Acts 2.4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we pray for. The Spirit in himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Ephesians 6.18, 
praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Jude one twenty. but you beloved building yourselves up in the, in your most holy faith and praying in the spirit. First Corinthians 14, two for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. So there's different types of tongues. There's tongues for self-edification. There's tongues in a corporate setting, which needs to be interpreted. There's different types of tongues. But what we do know, what it seems to be the pattern of within Scripture is they're baptized in the Spirit, they speak in tongues. And so what we call it is, it's an evidence that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So when you ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can just try to speak in tongues. And if you can, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you this as somebody who didn't know anything about this. So literally, I gave my life to Christ, and the speaker was like, hey, does anybody want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit the next night? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but if this is God, cool, he'll give it to me. And so I walked up, and they were like, just pray and ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I was like, okay, cool. And so I was like, uh, Jesus, can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he's like, all right, cool, now test it. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, try to speak in tongues. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, well, I'll speak in tongues first, and then just you can try it after me. So he speaks in tongues, and he, it's like he's speaking French or something. I don't know. And so I'm like, I'm, okay. And then, boom, I just start speaking a totally different language. I don't know what language it is, but it's tongues. It's just a language that I can't understand, but the Holy Spirit understands. What's that? It is a heavenly language. Scriptures, yeah, Scripture calls it a heavenly language. And so that's what tongues is. I hadn't learned about it. I didn't experience, or I experienced it. I just was like, hey, you know what? Sure, if this is God. Um, another thing is uh, some denominations, some people teach, when they're teaching against the Holy Spirit, they say that it's demonic. But the problem with it being demonic is Jesus talks about how, um, how demons aren't going to drive out demons. And at the same time, Scripture also talks about if a, your father is a good father, and you ask for bread, is he going to give you a stone? And so how much more so if you ask of the Spirit, will God give it to you? So if you ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you're like genuinely just like, God, if this is you, will you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? Do you really think that God is going to be like, no, here's a demon instead? Like, that's silly to me. Like, that doesn't make sense. It really is contrary to God's spirit to assume that you can ask and pray to receive something from God, but instead God's going to send you a demon. That's not God's spirit. And I'm sorry, as close of a relationship I have with the spirit, truly believing that is grieving the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, because you're basically saying that God is powerless to protect you from a demon when you're asking him for a gift. That's not God's spirit. And so if you believe that, I, I really want to challenge you on that. And so, okay, we're going to go into Q&A. I've shared a lot of stuff. You have a lot of scripture. And I want to just go into Q&A. So does anybody have any questions? I know this is a lot to take in. I'm, as far as I understand it, yeah. Would you, Courtney, Matt, would you agree with that? Okay. Also, this isn't a Tanner thing. Like, this is the Assemblies of God. This is the entire Pentecostal movement. This is... I mean, even within like certain denominations, like it's not just something that you're peddling. Yeah, this isn't a me thing. But anyway, that's why I like to share what scripture says and allow you guys to make your own decision on it. And I'm not trying to force anything. I will never force anything. And this is, I also want to be very careful. I, this is something I do have my notes. This is not, we're not talking about salvation here. So baptism, Holy Spirit is not salvation. If 
you give your life to Christ, that you're saved. That's salvation. This is not a salvation issue. So if you were, quote unquote, not baptized in the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean you're not saved. Like this isn't a salvation issue. Anybody who makes it a salvation issue is not within Scripture because Scripture is very clear that there are many people who were saved who had given their life to Christ who had never even heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at another time. This is not salvation. This, is not, this has nothing to do with salvation. This is a separate thing. So like with salvation, um, so like that, that's like accepting Christ. So like is um, being baptized in the Holy Spirit sanctification then actually seeking Christ after you're saved? So, so uh, giving your life to Christ is, so that's the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit, which is the process of sanctification. So you have that process of sanctification when you give your life to Christ, because the Holy Spirit's within you and leading you towards that. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is actually more about sharing the gospel than it is about your walk with Christ, because it empowers you to share the gospel. It's not empowering you to live without sin. Like, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I still sin. I'm a pastor. I still sin. I still screw up. The baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't even cause you to no longer sin. It's not, it's not empowering you to not sin. It's empowering you to share the gospel. How many of you guys have ever been like, dude, I just wish I had the words to say to my brother, my dad, my roommate. I wish I had the words to say to share the gospel with them. How many of you guys have ever genuinely thought that? That is where the Holy Spirit comes into play. That's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes into play. Because then you can pray, and I just pray, hey, Holy Spirit, dude, I'm like, and it's, it's not a guaranteed thing. Because there's been times, like, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I, I want a word for my brother. Like, can you give me a word to share with my brother? And I don't get anything. It's not like a, the Holy Spirit isn't a monkey that we can just be like, dance. I'm going to share the gospel. But... The Holy Spirit downloads information into us. And there has been times where I was specifically praying for somebody. I was like, God, what can I say to this person? Like, how can I share the gospel with them? And, you know, like, what, what can I say? What's, you know, show him that you're really real. And there's been times where the Holy Spirit's like, hey, here, this is how you share it. The bulk of my gifting, just in case you guys are curious, I whatever. The, the bulk of my gifting is in the prophetic. Um, in fact, I, <clears throat> I'm a little jealous of people who are gifted in healing because I've never prayed for somebody that received healing, but I have witnessed other people pray for people who have received healing. I would love to walk primarily in the gift of healing. How cool would it be to walk up with somebody who has cancer, feel like the Holy Spirit's like, bro, they have cancer. I'm going to get rid of it. You go, you lay hands on them, and they're healed of cancer. That would be a great gift. But that's not my gifting. That's not what I walk in. That's the one I probably desire more than anything else. But because I desire it, I don't desire it for other people. I desire that gifting for myself. I want to be the one who's praying for healing for them. And so I'm pretty sure that the Holy Spirit's kept that gifting away from me because I desire it for myself. I don't desire it for other people. However, in the prophetic, quite the contrary, the, a lot of the times God's given me words for people that I would much rather not give them a word because it's intimidating or because it's tough. Like, I mean, I've given some specific words. Um, we were at a Chi Alpha service one night and I, I'm not going to share names or anything, but um, I felt like God was giving me a very specific word for somebody. And the, the word was that he used to go to church with his grandparents or his grandma specifically. He used to go to church with his grandma and he knew Christ and he was close to Christ. But when he came to college, he started to walk away from his faith. And God had given him a lot of gifts and had given him a lot of promises. And those gifts and promises were still available to him. And God was just calling him to walk back with Christ. That's a very specific word. And so how do you go and give somebody a word like that if you're not confident in the one who's giving you the word? And again, because it's not me. And so my thought process was, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So a lot of times I actually even word it when I give somebody a word. I just say, hey, dude, like, I'm like, Matt, I feel like God's giving me a word for you. Um, if this is way off base, just ignore it. It's me. 
but if this is on, it's the Holy Spirit, and you, you can share with me if it's on or not, but it's up to you, but this, and then I share what the Holy Spirit gave me. That's partly because I don't want to give the word, because I don't want to be wrong. And so I gave that specific word, and that student was like, dude, like, how did you know that information? How did you know that about me? And it was completely correct. Like, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not me. But yeah, so my gifting is mostly in the prophetic. In fact, at Winter Conference, I will be teaching a breakout on the prophetic. That's me bragging. I shouldn't do that. I'm excited. I'm not even bragging on myself. I'm just excited. Huh? I'm just excited. I've never been asked to, well, I got asked to speak at a breakout last year, but I tore my patellar tendon. But I've never been asked to speak on anything. So, does anybody have any other questions? Like, dude, if you're seriously sitting there going like, I want to ask this question, but like, I don't want to ask this question in front of people, you might benefit, somebody else might have the same question. So ask. So one question going off of that. So you said earlier that like she asked if um, tongues is a result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if someone doesn't have the gift of tongues, like does that mean they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, so this that is a great question. That is actually a phenomenal question. So this is where there's a lot of personal opinions that come into play. Um, because that specific question is hard to answer based off what we have in Scripture. Because Paul tells us that I wish you all would speak in tongues. That indicates to us that we all are capable of speaking in tongues if we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, where does our will and God's will, where does that line meet? Okay. So my experience with the Holy Spirit, I always say the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's never going to force you to do something you don't want to do. So I have never felt like I had to do something that the Holy Spirit was asking me to do. But I've always wanted to because I want to serve my God. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. I want to be obedient. I want to grow and I want to get closer to Him. And so I'm obedient. But He doesn't force us to do things. When I speak in tongues, it is because I am choosing to speak in tongues, not because the Holy Spirit is making me speak in tongues. And so because of that, because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, the question is, can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit and choose not to speak in tongues? That really is a better way to form that question because if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you can speak in tongues, but are, do you have to? And that's where there's the up for debate because some people believe that if you're not willing to give over your tongue to the Holy Spirit, then why would he give you the gifts? On the other side of the equation is you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but choose not to speak in tongues and you still have the ability. John Bevere explains it as being baptized in the Holy Spirit is like all of a sudden you're standing in a river and the Holy Spirit, his entire presence is flowing around you. Okay. Speaking in tongues is turning with the tide and going with the flow of the river. And so we have the capability, but sometimes we don't choose to. Now, what is my personal belief on it? I don't know. But I will say this, that of students and friends and colleagues, those who have accompanied the other gifts of the Spirit, all of them have spoken in tongues. But I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know. I'm not God. That's between you and God. That's between Scripture and God. That's between the Holy Spirit and us. The Assemblies of God stance is that is just that. That in order to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have to be able to speak in tongues. They call it. They say that tongues is the initial physical evidence. Yeah, it is the initial physical evidence, and so. But even the Assemblies of God, by saying the initial physical evidence, what they're explaining is that, again, it is just a, it's a definitive evidence. So even the Assemblies of God isn't making the stance that you, can be, that you can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you can't speak in tongues. 
But again, they're saying that in order for me to verify, in order for Tanner Sherlock to verify that Abigail has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you speak in tongues because it is an evidence to, you know, because it's an evidence. So you know for sure. So like for you to know for sure that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues. Because like the gift of healing, I can go and pray for thousands of people to receive healing and think I'm gifted in the gift of healing, but nobody's ever healed, but I still think I'm gifted in baptizing the Holy Spirit. I can make up fake words. I can be like, Matt, Jesus says that you need to stop snoring in your sleep because it's freaking out your kids. Like, I can make something up based off of the little information. I know he has kids. I can make something up and I can fake a prophetic word but tongues is the one gift that it's like, it, you can't fake it. It's, it's, so it's like, that's kind of why it's treated as the initial physical evidence. And so within Scripture, um, within scripture it uses evi- the tongues as the evidence. Each, not each time, but I think about a third of the time that it shares about it. It's either uh, they spoke in tongues or they spoke in tongues and prophesied, or it doesn't include any giftings. The reason I ask is because, so I have, when I was very young, growing up in church, I was like eight or nine, and my family all speaks in tongues. They began praying over me, and my brother in that moment began speaking in tongues, and mm-hmm. I did not. And so like a couple years later, when I was older, I, I went back to church. They prayed, the women in the church prayed over me again, so I could speak in tongues. And again, I could not. And like, mm-hmm. even like being in the worship team and knowing I have a faith in Christ and like having a relationship throughout my life I've just never had that specific connection I don't know yeah. what it is in my life that's kept me from that connection so that's for sure because I remember seeking it like desiring yeah. it as a child like wanting that connection of Christ like I've mm-hmm. always grown up in the church and I've always had that desire but that specific connection like I don't understand like what yeah yeah for sure no, you're good. That's a good explanation. And honestly, I, I would say we've, we've had lots of students in Chi Alpha who have that exact same story. And they just... It, it. So, how many times have you prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Um, I don't know if it's something I've... The actual wording mm-hmm. I've never heard of since being back to Shattering again. Okay. But as a child, it was just... It was just Speaking in tongues was an important part. Yeah. And I was young enough where I don't remember really gotcha. what okay. accompanied it. I yeah. That, I that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'll say the, the thing about baptism of the Holy Spirit is, I will say this, it is a very intimate thing. It really does. And it's not, it's not that, so I'm not trying to say that like you can't be intimate with God if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. What I'm saying is it's an intimate thing in that, sometimes it's even hard to talk like for me if you like for me if I were to just say hey you know what I'm gonna pray in tongues right now so you guys can all hear it my prayer like me praying in tongues is a very intimate thing between me and God I don't like to do it in front of other people unless unless the Holy Spirit makes me but like I don't like to it's a very intimate thing and with that the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a whole is a very intimate thing it's a very personal thing and so I've seen people who have come up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then they go back to their dorm room and they're just spending time with God, just saying, hey, I, I still want this thing, but I'm going to spend some time with you. And then they'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit later on. Um, I've, we've had students who've prayed for it for years. We've had AG kids who grew up, same story as you. They prayed for it at a camp and they had maybe an unhealthy leader that made, made them feel like they were less than because they weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so there was some unforgiveness going on between them and a, a youth leader or whatever. And, and they come and it takes them a couple of years and they're able to get to a point where they're just like, you know what, like, I just, I want to receive this because I want to be closer with God, not because I want it for me or to make me feel like I'm better than or anything like that. It's just that place. And then they are able to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, God. Yeah, go. She's a girl who her freshman year, we had deep in depth conversations about it, about the same experience as you experienced. And she came from this background and she, her whole freshman year, was praying for it and seeking for it and it never came but then her sophomore year 
We allowed her to come onto leadership. She was a small group leader all the way up until her senior year. And then senior year at Winter Conference, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, but she spent all that time seeking, all that time yielding, trying to, trying to seek for it and stuff. And it's just, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even want to speak as to the individual what was going on within their heart and with yeah. their relationship with God. It was just she kept seeking and yeah. knowing just in faith that, that it would come. And it doesn't have to yeah, come. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It doesn't have to come, come up to the altar. You know, I've, I've heard of someone, you know, who's, who was pregnant seeking it. Like, you know, like Tanner said, uh, uh, one of my mentors was pregnant seeking it while they were doing laundry and it just came to them. You know, yeah. it, it, there doesn't have to be small groups. It. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and so I'm not going to tell you specifically, like, oh, you need to go through this with your relationship. But with yeah. Of making your heart right and seeking it and always being in the position to seek it. So yeah, That's good. Well, we had a student who, because we always give this the week before our Christmas party. Um, we had a student who came, heard, listened, was like, you know what, I'm going to pray about this. Went home, prayed about it for a week, came to the Christmas party and was like, Courtney, can I come a little early? Because I decided that I feel like the Holy Spirit is wanting this for me and I want to receive the, Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Came 15 minutes early. It was loud, obnoxious. There was kids screaming because I think Matt's kids were here and I think somebody else's. Yeah, there was nothing special as far as like it, the mood wasn't right or anything. It was like chaos. But she had been praying about it all week and the whole, she came, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit and moved on. We have had students at small group been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've been, I've had one-on-ones where people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've been... You know, and, and um, we had students who were like, yeah, praying about it for years and would receive it. It's, but it, I think the one thing about it is, so you know the scripture that says, ask and it will be given to you, seek, you know that, okay. So that scripture, ask, seek, knock, that is actually written in a fourth tense that we don't have in the English language. And it's saying to continually ask to continually seek and to continually knock and things will be given to you. And so my advice for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is if you ask for it and you haven't received it, keep asking and, and ask the Holy Spirit, seek me out and see if maybe there is, Hey, maybe I have some unforgiveness. Maybe I don't. Maybe, maybe my reasoning is a little bit selfish. Maybe it's not. Ask the Holy Spirit to seek you out and continue to ask and continue to seek and continue to have your friends who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit lay hands and pray for you to receive it, stuff like that. Um, it's, you know, when we have prayer time, come up, ask to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then prayer time. Um, if you go to winter, con- winter conference, I will say it doesn't have to happen at winter conference, but winter conference is an awesome catalyst for it to happen because, dude, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus at winter conference is thick. Like you walk in the door. So there's been times where I walk into the door at winter conference and the Holy Spirit just comes over me and I just start weeping. Like you can just feel his presence at times. And so it's not that there's anything special about the winter conference or anything like that, because I'm not saying that, but sometimes for some of our students, they've needed that kind of an environment to be able to listen to the Holy Spirit in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, But again, I would say probably just as many of our students are baptized in the Holy Spirit, not at winter conference as there is that they are at the winter conference. But for some students, that's kind of the buffer of what they need. Like I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at Winter Conference, but again, it was like been saved for a day and was like, cool, Jesus, all right. And so it was like, that was my experience. And so um, my experience is completely different than Courtney's. Courtney was a Christian for years before she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Matt was a Christian for twice as long as Chris, Courtney was a Christian. Um, and so... Uh, and we don't want to place a, a label of on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I had a Yeah. It's not some exclusive club where, you know, we're yeah. all having meetings, you know, 
<laughs> separately or anything like that. And yeah. So, so yeah, you can function in ministry and be a functioning part of ministry and saved and have a great relationship with God. Without oh yeah. While seeking the gift, but you haven't received it yet. Right. I know some pastor friends in other denominations that they won't ever be baptized. Well, I don't know if they won't ever, but they they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they're solid Christian pastors, and they are good at speaking the gospel and good at preaching and and good at leading as pastors. And so yeah, I you can be a solid Christian and and never be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it is. But it's almost like you got the tools when you give your life, life to Christ. You have the tools to be a Christian. It's like baptism in the Holy, baptism in the Holy Spirit is like those tools became power tools. It just becomes easier to flow in. It becomes easier to think those or to, to do those things. Sorry, that was kind of random, but it was just kind of... Any other questions? That was an excellent question, by the way. So, Ben... This is kind of like for me personally. Like, how do you keep your heart open? Like you said, like sometimes um, you and those other people would be like, Lord, just like use me in this. How do you keep your heart open and in a good place for that? Yeah. I would say for me, rarely do I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me a word when I'm not paying attention to God. There has been times where we've been at Walmart and I've been like, oh, this is, I can't, like, I got to go do this right now. I'm sorry, Courtney. There's been times that that has happened, but the majority of the words I get are when I've stopped. And maybe even before I go to Walmart, I'm just like, I stop and I'm like, hey, Holy Spirit, like I'm getting ready to go shopping. I just pray that I'm available for you. I'm available um, if you have anybody, I pray that you would point them out and you would give me a word. I want to meditate on you. And, and so I've prayed that prayer. So it's like, again, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force us to do things. And so um, with it, it's just kind of being intentional about, hey, I'm going into Walmart. I've got Jesus. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got God. There's people in there that don't know Jesus. Holy Spirit how can you know, like, I'm here, I'm here, use me, like whatever you want me to do, I'm available. And so it's kind of like in Isaiah when he's, when Jesus is like, or when God is like, I've got these people that don't know about God and blah, blah, blah. I need to send somebody. And Isaiah is like, here I am, Lord, send me. So it's kind of that mindset. It's the making yourself available and saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Cause God didn't say Isaiah, you will do this. He's like, I've got these people. And Isaiah was like, here I am, Lord, send me. So maintaining that position in our everyday lives of the here I am, Lord, send me is crucial in order to walk in your giftings of the Holy Spirit. And I will word it that way, in in the giftings that God has given you in the Holy Spirit. But yeah. Scripture says that you abide in God. Christ is the vine and we're the branches. And if we abide in Christ, then we'll bear fruit. So I think there's a very important... I know it was a very important aspect of making sure just to abiding, like constant being in the Word of God. Yeah. Day and night, morning. And, I mean, and then it's hard throughout the day because you get busy with life and yeah. distractions just overcoming it. But to some extent, you know, when you start doing it in the morning and in the evening, it bleeds over into that day. And so I think that's going to help you to be yeah. open to anything. God wants for you in your life and open to to being able to you know be a witness for him and just living the life that you want to live. So that's good. All right. Any last questions? Anybody have anything they've been dying to ask? Thanks for tuning in to our podcast about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've been listening and um, this is something that you want. This is something that you've been seeking after, something that you're interested in. Um, the reason the podcast kind of ended abruptly is because I go into a little bit of time talking about the importance of spending time in prayer in this. And so if this is you, um, I encourage you put on some worship music without words and seek out the Holy Spirit and ask to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and then step out of faith. Um, I always suggest to test this, to uh, test 
whether or not you received it by trying to speak in tongues, trying to um, test the gifts. Um, listen to the Holy Spirit and um, seek out wise counsel. If you need to, you can shoot me an email at pastor.tanner at yahoo.com and I will be happy to connect you or to have conversation with you um, more about this. Also, you can sign up for emails um, for updates about uh, motivating you and stuff like that. And so if you just shoot me an email, I can get that information to you. Um, Again, thank you for tuning in and I hope that the spirit blesses you and I hope that you have an amazing, amazing time after this um, with the Holy Spirit.